Let me have a prayer with you. Heavenly Father, more so than on other occasions, may the words of my mouth this weekend be acceptable in your sight. And may the meditation of those who worship here or online, may those meditations be acceptable in your sight as the Holy Spirit descends upon his word, his promises, and his directions. In our Savior's name, amen. There is one overarching verse on this first week of Consecrated Stewards, one overarching verse. I will share a second reading in order to fill out the first reading. Second reading will be from Matthew 25, Parable of Talents. The first reading is from Matthew 6. It is Jesus himself who is speaking. It is the, towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And he says to those gathered, Do not store for yourself treasures on earth, where moth can get in and eat the fabric, the clothing, and the silk. And when the moths are through with their feast, you have nothing left. Do not store for yourself treasures on earth where vermin can come in and destroy. Whether the vermin is insects or mice, they eat the corn and they eat the wheat, and with their droppings and their fleas, they destroy the rest of it. So you must throw it away. Do not sow for yourself treasures on earth where moss can do the damage and vermin can do their damage and whatever is left, the thieves can break in and steal. But sow for yourselves treasures in heaven because if you store up treasures in heaven, those treasures will come down from heaven. They will not stay in heaven. They will come down from heaven. And those treasures, moth and vermin and thieves cannot touch. Do not fix your eyes on the things which are seen, but the treasures which are not seen. For the treasures which are seen are temporal, but the treasures that are not seen from God are eternal. Those treasures, if Jesus was speaking today, he would not be talking about moths, vermin, or thieves. He would be saying this, Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where cancer can come in and eat up all that you have saved. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where if a loved one has dementia and you must put them in a facility, the first thing the facility asks for is all the assets that your loved one has saved up for 40 years, intended to pass on to the children. Do not store for yourself churches on earth where cancer or dementia or institutions or divorces or addictions of sons and daughters or yourself or your spouse, addictions that you spend $100,000, one therapy after another over a six-year period of time, and all that you have saved is gone. That's what Jesus would be saying today. Do not store for yourself treasures on earth where loss of health, loss of job, can take away all that you had stored up But there is one thing Jesus would not change. 
He would say the same thing now that he shared 2,000 years ago. He would still be telling you to store up treasures in heaven. Because the treasures in heaven 2,000 years ago and throughout all these centuries, even up until today, those treasures remain are and are as necessary in our lives as they ever were. Store up treasures in heaven. How do you do that? By touching heaven. How do you touch heaven? Every time you open this book, Martin Luther said, before I read a page of God's Word, when I open this book, I get chills up and down my spine in the modern vernacular. Because when I open up his book, I have stepped into divinity. And I feel it before I read a word. How do you get treasures in heaven? How do you touch heaven? By learning from the Master. By learning about His promises, what He can do and what He can't do. And what He can't do is nothing because He can do everything. All things are possible with God. Nothing is impossible. You store for yourself treasures in heaven whenever you open this book. And it's not just reading words because that will do you no good. The Holy Spirit comes on certain occasions when you're reading His Word and a light bulb goes off in your head and heart and you say, Oh my goodness gracious, I didn't know what I had. You store up treasures in heaven by reading His Word, by studying His promises, by prayer. Once you know about God, you want to communicate with Him. Your cell phone is not going to send a text message to God, but your prayers will. And if you wonder whether your text message or emails are read and someone gets back with you a week later and says, Oh, I just saw the message you left me a week ago. That's not how God operates. When you send Him your texts and your emails and your phone calls via prayer... He hears them the moment you speak them. Store for yourself treasures in heaven. Study His Word. Touch God. Associate with others who are like-minded in the faith. And what happens if you have treasures from heaven? Well, you write a hymn that we sang as the opening hymn. And if you have treasures from heaven... You write a hymn like the hymn we just sang before this sermon started. And if your treasures are in heaven, you have what David had in Psalm 27. I don't know what nightmare was going on in his life when he wrote Psalm 27. But this is what he said. Because his treasures were in heaven and had come down from heaven and touched his life. Psalm 27, 13. I am confident of this. I will behold the goodness of God in the land of the living. I'm almost a dead man right now, but I am confident of this because my treasure is in heaven and it has come down from heaven. And I will say with full conviction, I am confident of this. I will behold the goodness of God in the land of the living. Be still, David. Wait upon the Lord. Trust Him. If you have treasures in heaven... You'll be like Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 3. I've mentioned it before, Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk is standing in the middle of the road and all of a sudden the ground shakes. 
And he knows it's not an earthquake. He knows it's the army of Babylon coming against Israel. 300,000 soldiers. And as the ground trembles, so does his legs. My legs became so weak I could barely stand. My heart was pounding and my lips were quivering at the sound of the army coming. And then I said, God is with me. God is with me. And though my earthly treasures, my fig trees, and though my earthly treasures, my olive crop, and though my earthly treasures, the fields of grain, and though the earthly treasures, the sheep in the pen and the cattle in the stalls, if my earthly treasures are destroyed and devoured by the Babylonians, yet I will still rejoice in the Lord because the treasure I have with him cannot be touched by any storm. The treasure I have with him, I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in God my Savior, for he is my strength. My feet are so weak, but by the time my Savior has gotten through with me, my feet will run as fast as a deer. And though I am in a deep valley right now, by the time the treasures of heaven have touched my life, I will climb the mountain heights and I will sing his praises. Treasures in heaven versus treasures on earth. St. Paul, 1 Timothy 4 eight. physical training is of some value. It produces a little bit of treasure here on this earth. It gives you good health. You're eating right, you're exercising right. But spiritual training in the things pertaining to the treasures of heaven, they bring you far greater promise because they invade your life on a daily basis while you're here and they will bring you to everlasting life. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth because anything can get in and mess with them. Store for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus said to his disciples, John sixteen thirty three, In this world there will always be storms. You will not be able to do anything against those storms, but I will. I will be with you in the midst of the storm. Let me flesh this out by looking at Matthew uh, 25, the gospel that Pastor Shower just read. What is a parable? Parable of the talents. What's a parable? Earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Parable of the talents. What, it's, what is it about? Each person God has created on this planet, each person has talents. They have abilities. They have intellect, they have skills, they have time. Each of us, 24 hours. Each has life experiences. You live long enough, you'll experience joy, but also sorrow. You live long enough, you'll experience testing and temptation. You live long enough, you'll experience failure to its deepest depths. But you'll also experience success and joy that in moments you think you're in heaven. And those experiences that you have on this earth, you'll learn something about life. It's not always fair. Satan has a lot to do with life and interjects his evil. But God is always there. 
1 John 4, 4. Everyone born of God who has his treasure, they shall overcome whatever Satan brings. Because the treasure in you, namely our Lord and his promises, is stronger by far than Satan himself. You learn about life from your experiences. You also learn about God. You'll do one or two things with God when the nightmare comes. You'll shake your fist and say, what a fool I was to ever believe in him. Or you'll run to him and you'll cling as tightly to him, inseparable as a barnacle is at the bottom of a boat. And that which you learn about the treasures from God in your storms... You'll never forget. They'll be etched in your mind and heart. The treasures from heaven in the midst of a storm. 20 years later, 40 years later, you still remember. Because those treasures endure. And you'll also, from life experiences, you'll learn lessons about life, about God. You'll learn lessons about yourself. You were always one that helped other people, but you never accepted help from anyone else. Someone tried to help you, you'd say, I'm fine, I got it. And if you said, I'm fine, I got it to other people who wanted to help you, then you said the same thing to God. You said the same thing to God. I know you're there, you're busy, you got 8 billion people on the planet, okay, my stuff, man, okay, just, just forget about it, go help someone else. But I'll tell you something. There came a moment in your life when you realized, perhaps for the first time, that as strong and as wise and as powerful as you were, with the time, talents, and treasures God gave you, you came to a time where you were brought to your knees and you could barely breathe and the panic attacks were real or imaginary, but they were there. And in that moment... When someone said, let me help you, you said, thank you. And in that moment, all those treasures in heaven, you said, God, I want them because I need them. And he came. Matthew eleven twenty eight, famous comment of Jesus. He said, bring to me whatever disturbs your earthly treasures. Bring to me whatever disturbs your heart and mind. Bring it to me. Learn about me. Learn about, read my word, my goodness gracious. Listen to other people's stories. Learn about me. And when you learn about me and you bring your burdens to me, walk away. You'll have my peace. And all the treasures that one could ever ask next to salvation would be God's peace. They don't come from earthly treasures. They don't come from the paycheck. Jeremiah 9.23 Let not the wise man treasure his wisdom. Let not the strong man treasure his strength. Let not the rich man treasure his wealth. Let him who exists on this earth Find their treasure in one thing, that you know the Lord God Almighty. 
that He brings mercy into your life, that He brings justice into your life, that He brings righteousness, forgiveness of sins into your life. And you know how the parable went, right? The Master is leaving, and He calls His servants to Him. And five-talent man, and two-talent man, and one-talent man. And it says this, He gave... Five talents to one servant, two to another, one to another, according to their ability. What does that mean, according to their ability? According to their ability to do what? Edward Jones' investments? Did they know how to invest money? Is that why he called them and gave one five, two, and one? And was one a lousy guy with money and he only gave one talent? According to their ability to do what? I'll give you the answer. Their ability to discern the presence of their master in every aspect of their life, to share the master's name in every aspect of their life, to realize that every circumstance that came to the five-talent guy and the two-talent guy, they understood it wasn't fate or circumstance, good fortune or bad. They understood the Master was involved in everything in their life. That was their ability. It was their attitude toward the Master, their love and respect for the Master. I'm a broken record. You've heard me say this for 35 years. I believe with all my heart that whatever happens in my life, God is right there. Let me tell you a true story. Last week, my dear son John, when he passes away 16 years ago, he has a cross. It's a barbed wire cross. And the first thing I did was grab that cross and I wore it in the first service that I had after he passed. I went a week later to look for that cross back there in the altar guild room, and it was gone. It was gone. I hope whoever found it or took it is blessed by it, but it was gone. We're in Arizona that winter, and we go to a jewelry shop, and there is a barbed wire cross. And I buy that barbed wire cross and I put it around my neck and I have it every single day. Not just on Sunday morning. I wore it for 16 years. We're on that cruise last week. We're in Boston waiting for the ship to leave the next morning. Go out for a walk. And when I go out for the walk, I come across a lot of homeless people. And as I walk further, there's gang graffiti all over a building. And I say, Paul, this is not a good idea. You really should get back to the hotel. And when I get back to the hotel that evening, as I'm getting ready for bed, I notice the necklace is still around my neck, but the cross is gone. Somewhere on that walk, I lost the cross. And my first thought was one of great sadness. And then after a couple of minutes, I said, that cross is lying there on the road or on the sidewalk somewhere. 
And God knows who's supposed to find it. And that cross, when it is found by a homeless individual or anyone else, when that cross is found by a gang member or anyone else, that cross will be far more important in their life than it hanging around my neck. And I believe that with all my heart. I believe that cross was found by somebody and God, and that somebody said, Oh my goodness gracious, this is a sign from God. Five-telling guy, two-telling guy, that's exactly how they operated. Everything I have has come from my Master. Pastor Schauer mentioned last week that there are going to be videos connected with these messages. Bill Stalen had a video, personal testimony. You know what Bill does with his time? He and the Zimmermans, they go from door to door on a Saturday morning. They ring the bell and they pry and bring the kingdom to the houses that God sends them to. Timothy, you got that? We moved into the area, actually it's about 30 years ago now. And my family went to St. Paul's, Chicago Heights prior to that. We moved from Hazelcrest over to Tinley Park. So we've been here since 1993. You know, coming each week to be with, with like-minded people, um, it's refreshing. It, it reinforces your faith. It's, it's something that I think is essential to, to to living, I mean, to, to really getting along in the world. And I think Trinity, obviously Trinity has it right. Um, there are other, other churches um, that I'm seeing from going door to door that, that don't. Um, so I, I think it's, it's had a huge impact in, in, in my life. It may be hard to, to describe specifically, but I think over, um, over the years it, it's really helped my faith tremendously um, and ultimately kind of led me into what I'm doing right now. All the wonderful things that, that, that are done to, to help people, I mean, the drives that are, are done, it's, look on the website and you can see a, a large number of, of things that, that are uh, done continuously that I think many people are, are um, benefiting from. And, in the, and the whole idea is, is through that, you're, gonna, you're, you're witnessing your faith to others. You're going to ultimately bring them to church and, and ultimately get them saved. So I, I think that really is, is the goal for, for all of this, this whole program, right? to to support the church, but then to also um, bring others into the fold. Well, I think I think a lot of people are, are into earthly things, and, and that's the, the, the importance, the important things to them on a daily basis. Um, spiritual things don't necessarily come to their mind, but um, the danger of it most specifically is that you can 
have everything that you want earthly, but lose your eternal soul. Um, that is, is, is really the biggest, the biggest issue, the biggest problem I see. There are folks, in the, and I, I, I found this from, from knocking a lot of different doors too, that the people who are the le least receptive are the ones that seem to have the most possessions, um, the nicest home, the biggest home, the more worldly person, maybe the more, more successful uh, person in the world. And there seems to be a definite correlation in, in that in terms of the, their focus on spiritual things. It's, it's very, very limited. And those are the most important things. And we'll, we'll live eternally with the Lord. Um, this life on earth is just a, a very short, short duration, a very short time. So we need to use our time here to, to really prepare us for what's to come. I give because the Lord wants us to do that, and I think there's a great joy that we get from it in our, in our hearts that we're, to know that we're helping others. And that's really the, the gist of the commandments, right? That you should love one another and, and help one another help your neighbor. So in my mind, that, that, that's the reason. Thank you, Bill. When the master came back, servants stood in front of him. The one who had five talents, he said, I gained five more. One who had two talents said, again, two more. What does that mean? Does it mean when the master came back, the guy with five talents said, hey, you know what? I just got you another thousand acres of farmland while you were gone. I just built you 10 more barns. I got you 200 more cattle. Is that what it meant? No. What he meant was, I touched other people's lives for your kingdom, master. And I've brought them with me. David Jeremiah wrote in a devotion last week, the most simple objective of Christians is not only to go to heaven, but to take as many people with you as you can. Share Jesus, teach children, build up someone else, strengthen someone else, encourage someone who has fallen, reach out to someone who is hurting. Your time, your talents, your paychecks, is it for you? Don't ask me to volunteer for anything. Don't ask me to get involved in anything. Don't ask me to come to a worship service until football, cheerleading, wrestling, and everything else is over. My paycheck is mine. The Master had nothing to do with it. Consecrated stewards, divine appointment God has given you and me. Time, talents, and treasures for Him. Do you know who Patrick Mahomes is? Quarterback, Kansas City Chiefs, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He said, God has given me a talent to play football, but I believe he's given me a talent to play football so that the millions of people who follow me can know about the most important thing in my life, and it is not football. It is my Christian faith. 
Always ask God to lead me in the right direction and let me be who I am for His name and let me touch other people's lives with the talents He has given me. I googled 50 famous athletes, musicians, actors, actresses, singers, 50 of them. And they proclaimed that the most important thing in their life and the reason God gave them the talents they did was to reach others for the kingdom. I love what Stephon Curry Stephon Curry said, I wear the uniform of the Golden State Warriors. It's going to land me in the Hall of Fame. But if there is one person that is touched by my testimony about Jesus and he lands in heaven because of the platform I have, I will have greater joy over that than being in the Hall of Fame. 30 seconds, check your watches. The man with one talent, are you ready? He said, I really can't stand you. Because you take credit for what you don't deserve. You sow where you haven't planted. You harvest in fields that don't belong to you. I really can't stand you. I think you're arrogant and mean and cruel. That's what the man with one talent said. A couple of weeks ago, I was on YouTube. I saw a gal who won an award. It was either the Emmys or the Globes or one of those. And when she won the award, she came up to the microphone and she said, I will thank my family and friends for helping me win this award. She didn't stop there. But I will not thank God. Like so many of my colleagues do, I will not thank God. He has nothing to do with this award. It's my talent My connections that have gotten me this award. That was the one talent guy. My first reaction was anger and disgust. My second reaction was, God, you'll never give up on her. You never gave up on the thief on the cross. You'll never give up on her. It's an awkward way to end this message, but time prohibits me from going for another hour. Thank you. Consecrated stewards, your time on this earth, the talents God has given you, and your treasures, how will you use them? We're on that cruise, Connie falls. She trips and she falls, face down. We gather around her, helping her up. And there's a woman, she comes running over. And she says, are you all right? Are you all right? You know, are you injured? Should I call the ambulance? Are you all right? And, uh, and Connie says, no, I think I'm fine. And then this lady whispers in her ear, can I have a prayer with you? And she takes her to the side and she prays for Connie, thanking God that she was not injured more severely, praying that the knee does not swell up and cause problems. Someone asked Connie the other day, what was the thing most memorable to you on that cruise? She said, the lady who prayed for me, nothing happened with my knee 
no bruises, no nothing. The lady who prayed for me. And when they all left, I stuck around and I said, can I pray for you? And I said, thank you, Lord, for this woman who knows Jesus so well that she lives him in her life. There is a box. You got the box, right? Take out the coins. There were people last night who didn't have coins in their boxes. Okay? I don't know if the coins are going to be up on the screens. These coins. There they are. I want you to pretend that there's no writing on the coins. I want you to pretend it's a blank gold coin. And I want you to write on that coin what you think of. Some of you will write cars. Some of you will write houses. Some of you will write hobbies. Some of you will write saving up for a vacation. What will you write on the coin? And then I want you to look at what is written on the coin. The treasures that come from heaven. Sovereign, eternal supplier. We spent seven minutes on Wednesday night looking at each of the elements in that box. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I want you to look at the coin. And I want you to pray, Lord, thank you for the heavenly treasures I have. May they be stronger in my life, giving me peace, extending your kingdom to others. Take a moment of silent prayer over those coins. Heavenly Father, bless the treasures that come from heaven in my life. And as a result of these four weeks of consecrated stewards, may it not just be a spiritual exercise we leave behind, but may there be kernels of great truth that influence our life from this moment on. In our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.